Look who's talent. Good evening, folks. Welcome to another episode of the Town End Podcast. Um, a great night, uh, another great European night for Dundalk FC with a 2-1 win over Lavalia Talent. As always, I'm joined by Chris Clark and Andy Gallagher. I got it right today, Gally. Look who's talent. Look who's talent. That was good. That was clever. That was good, yeah. Just thought about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, just before the show. Yeah. What do you say? What do you think of that, lads? I'm gonna be asking you most of the stuff because I was in a meeting, so I missed missed the second half. So you didn't miss ending. We're out. Um <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I, you know, those sort of gritty performances is, is what you got to do in Europe. You don't always have to play well, but you you just got to get the results sometimes. And I don't think they were that much better than us, but um, just, I'm just delighted it didn't go to extra time two games in a row. That's yeah. that's uh, just I think that would have been too much for what what we have left in the legs and stuff in certain guys, you know. But um, yeah, look. Just delighted to get through. Never mind the prize money and everything else, but for for you know a, a potential big tie again, it's it's it, you know with Vitesse, it's got it's got the batty kind of written all over it, hasn't it? Away leg yeah, first and everything, so it's it's, it's, it's all it's, set up it's, perfect. It, yeah, that's just up towards the minute. It sets it up very nicely. No Vitesse or it would be a, I suppose what we hear or a step above. But look at at this stage of the competition, you, you can't fear anybody. You got to you know you. If you want to qualify, you have to beat someone strong along the way. You know, I know the dog. Maybe the last time we qualified, they got a bit of luck in the draw. But I mean, Boris off a couple of years ago probably would have been on a par with with Fiatis and um, mm. yeah, great night. It's a great way to win it. Look at it's. We really didn't want the, the the whole game to go on for another half an hour. Penny. I I thought it pennies written all over it. I just thought, you know, it, it was just one of those games. It's mm. not that it was end to end. It was just I think just it didn't die out. It was just kind of a. A slow boner, I suppose, is probably the best way of putting it. But I think the game at um, 3D at the weekend had us, had the boys killed after maybe 60 minutes. The Millen was taken off. The biggest sub for me, the biggest thing that might have caused a problem for uh, Talon was that they took off the attacker that scored the goal. And I think that gave us a little bit extra because um, he, he wasn't a threat to the, the boys at centre half or, uh, or, or, or the fullbacks. And I, I just thought we, we, we stuck in there. we you know, McMillan again. Yeah. You know, Slogger had an unbelievable game in midfield. You know, Super. I, I, you know, it was, it was just, and, and that's what you want from you know. Which, which she, I know we keep going back with Shields, you going, but these midfielders need to step up and stand to step up over the last couple of weeks. Slogger was excellent tonight. Mm. Andy Boyle, like Andy Boyle, is playing. I, as far as I know, he's still playing with injuries. He's he's a phenomenal. Like he said, the last, the last month and a half has just been excellent for him. Um, but look at. I said it last week. You deserve what you get in football, but you have to earn it. To earn it is more. And I, I think we just we just probably earned it over the two matches. I think we kind of we shot ourselves in the foot in the first leg. But I think today, yeah, look, a great way to end it. I mean, what a, what a goal! What a we, we were sure it was going it was going past the ninety minutes. And yeah, what a way to finish it! Unbelievable finish. Just it's one of them, it. isn't it? On a on a poor um, Dundalk season, you know what has been a poor season that you get one of those kind of special moments as well. Just at the at, right at the death, um, yeah. we just have a knack for those those big European moments, don't we? Yeah, yeah. I think mean, yeah. it's it's that sort of you know whether it's something that's just been in, encrusted into the team over a while, but you know when it gets down to a big game like that, there's something in. A lot of those Dundalk players that they dig deep and they know exactly what it what it takes to win yeah. a big game like that. Like 
I'm, I'm delighted to see that the days of, of, of Irish teams not being able to compete in the European thing, it seems to be gone now. We seem to be bang on, you know, with the, with the change of summer league football and, you know, to be peaking at this time fitness-wise when, when a lot of teams are, are you know, and, and today, I, look, I know the Estonian team today, they were in the middle of their season too. So yeah. it was a pretty level playing field there. But I, I think it's great just to see it just on that. Georgie Kelly just scored again. And so yeah, it's two nil goals. So yeah, we're going to have three Irish teams, yeah. 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 three League of Ireland teams in the third round of the Europa Conference League. Like that's 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 brilliant. Like for a coefficient and everything else. Like true. Yeah. So, and it's it. Do you know what's also nice? Do you know what I'm going to just fire out a couple of the comments coming here? But like there's 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 Stanton for man of the match. There's Sloggett for man of the match. You know, like there's there's a, there's a range of of different ones coming through for who who people thought was was man of the match there, and it's been a while since, you know, we've had a team where we've seen, and then someone of course has come in with Stanton and Slogger. Yeah. <laughs> just just a, just it, a push it's nice, but it's point. nice to see it. It's nice to see the no. I know like Fats was at Stanton as well. It was nice to see someone like Slogger because mm. he's had a tough season. We didn't know whether he was going to get into the squad, and you know, so he was saying and thought this is the next big thing and all this kind of cracking. I thought Slogger was outstanding tonight. It's nice, even the goal, the winning goal, not to, you know, cover over what McMillan done, but it, it was nice. The three players have been in the headlines over the last couple of weeks. Like we've been talking about Sahibo's bad performance. He comes on, he creates a new, he's a nuisance for himself. The ball falls to Fats, who's leaving for Derry, passes the ball to Patch, and his Patch was back from Derry. It was kind of a payoff of goal in a way. It was just, um, it was kind of a culmination of all these three headline stories over the last couple of weeks for the club. Just working together to get that goal, and yeah, look at it. It was. There's no really in a bad match. Gally, if I had it told you though at the start of the year that Will Patching will score a winner to put us through to the third round of the Europa Conference, you go, not a hope, and Vinny's your manager. You go, what? What are you on about? You know, I remember listening to a podcast. I, I listened to a podcast with um, Declan Devine at the start of the season when he signed when he signed um, Patching. And he said he's one of his, he's one of probably the best signings he ever made. I thought he was off as a nut. Like, I really thought he was off as right. I said, how, like, it can't be the same footballer we had last year. And it just goes to show when you give him a chance, he gets a breath of fresh air. Like, he, it's like a brand new signing. Like, I mean, I, you know, I, I just think, especially with Fats going at the, at the end of the season, it's, it's, it's unbelievable to have a player like that who's come back from, you know, we, Derry have kind of improved him. I, I know he's an excellent footballer in England from what, what everybody says, but just that run of games with Derry has really helped us. And, he just hit the ground run at the right time for us to pay off it. And it yeah, it, I, think, it, I think it's also had that Chris Shields void though, hasn't it? Mm. You know, exactly. that, that, that could have been a potential yeah. absolute collapse of any sort of revive we had as a team. But like you just mentioned, you know, Sloggett is performing really well. Stanton is 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 exceptional yeah. um, right now. I mean, I've seen some people online there saying, if you know, Stanton keeps playing that way, he, he probably won't stay in this league very long. He can, he can get a better move, you know. He's he's playing that well, and then you patch and come back in. Like the three lads have just worked so well for us, yeah. And it's kind of freed up Fats at the moment to. Well, we were swapping wings for a while there because at the start I was worried about Kelly, and um, didn't seem to have the beating of their left back at all, um. And then he, all of a sudden they were swapped over, and surprise, surprise, you know, he chases down a, a, a an empty cause for that ends up going, ball getting into the box from Leahy. A bit of confusion and, and there's McMillan um, to put another European goal away. Like, come here, lads. 
later in life someone will say jesus you were watching dundalk at the time that you know david mcmillan was banging in all those european goals he must have been unbelievable like so yeah, like to be to be two off. Is it two? I think it was Adrian Taft said on LFM, two off Robbie Keane, right? Yeah, like, I actually think he's only one off. He's one off he's now. Like four, four one off now, now. Yeah. So yeah. four game. Like incredible like at any level, like people can say, Oh, it's, it's only conference. It doesn't matter, like European goals or European European goals, unbelievable. Like yeah. He's he's, he's he, like we have talked David Mack up a long time and he's top class, top class every day. Like he gives you hundred percent, even on a bad day, he's a hundred percent player. He was excellent. I know he's come off after now, but like he's played, what's that? He's probably played 180, 190 minutes in the last five or six days. Um, yeah, excellent, excellent. Yeah, I think um, it's a point. Look, at, we want to keep tonight positive. We've got a lot to, to kind of cover, but and I don't want to labour on it. But you'd hope now, we're obviously advancing to the to the third round of the of the the qualification that you know, with, with prize money that the club is getting in, now we should be hoping to find out what the uh, what the owner's intentions are for next year, you know. I see comments coming in about players, um, we should be trying to tie down players for next year, and you, you look at some of the performances from the likes of Patching and some of the lads tonight, and you just, you'd hope to find out something about what the owner's intentions are, and, and try get some of these likes of, likes of Patching, Stanton, Slogger, get them signed down for next year, because it, it'll be a crying shame um, I mean, it was a shame last year to see so many of our players leave, but it'd be a crying shame for it to happen two years running, you know. So, yeah, that that's maybe yeah. a conversation for for maybe at the weekend when we, when we're back to kind of the normal format of the podcast. But I just at this point, I, I'd just love to know what their what their intentions are. Yeah, you'd like you'd like to think some of us. Well, we don't know because we don't know what's going to happen. But we'd like to think some of will be going on players, but at the same time, there doesn't seem to be any kind of white smoke coming out when it comes to contracts at the minute, but. Look, that's once it, if they can keep players attached to themselves at the end of the season, they don't have to go and sign with anybody else. We hope with the European run, maybe if they can squeeze in, yeah. we'll keep the players here and, and want them to play here and nobody else. But um, look, that's it's something they need to really sit there and have a look at. Fair play to whoever just sent that in. You see that stat there, lads. We were only ever in the lead of that tie for two and a half minutes. <laughs> You've gone through. That's mental. <laughs> that's a mental stat. Chris, do you, want to bring, do you want to bring in our guests for tonight to, to get their take on the on the match? Yeah, yeah. So um, we've we've we now have have three guests all coming in at once. Um, as if I'm not under much pressure. Uh, Bows, by the way, are now three 0 up um, in the Aviva tonight. So that's signed, sealed, and delivered. Um, so uh, look, it, it's a bit of a special night. This we. We just didn't want the, the podcast to go by with with us all kind of have some sort of involvement in in local football and and that as well and and probably someone who we've all had some sort of interaction one way or another as well. So it's important that we get kind of a, a good feel for people who who worked quite close with Tommy Connolly, um, and, and who better than, than the guys we have here tonight. So just like to welcome onto the podcast, we have uh, Martin. Donald um, and Aaron. Sorry, Aaron, I'll get you on. There you go. <laughs> I got you in the end. Sorry about that. Um, goalkeeper, goalkeeper's union, is it? Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. Just, just, I just literally just took a word. I just caught that there. <laughs> He's never told me this. <laughs> Tommy wouldn't appreciate this. I don't think he's the greatest lover of goalkeepers. Like, you know? No. <laughs> um, Jens, just, it's a... Um, it's a sad occasion to be bringing on and um, 
like this, but you know, it, it, it's great that there was a result <laughs> maybe tonight for him. Um, that helps a little as well. But I suppose we, we might just go through each of you and just, just a little bit how, how Tommy had an influence on on yourselves, your careers and stuff like that. And um, Aaron, we might start with yourself first. Yeah, no problem, Chris. Um suppose, you know, I first worked with Tommy with the Irish underage teams and especially the under-19 team. It's actually 10 years ago, just gone by last week or the week before that um, we reached the European semi-final and got uh, beat by a very good team um, in that tournament. But Tommy was with us the whole way through. He came in originally under Sean, uh, Sean McCaffrey. And then um, with the change of manager, Paul Doolin came in and I suppose he kept Tommy on, which was a mark of the man because, you know, he had a great way, um, especially with, with us. We were young, young players at that stage. Um, you know, trying to figure out our way in the game and our path in the game. And, you know, he was a very simple man in the time that I worked with him. You know, he didn't dress things up. He wasn't, um, you know, a coach to put on, um, had a hundred cones out for a session. Um, you know, it was all simple stuff with Tommy and all very much, you know, personalized. And, um, you know, he, he, had a fantastic team and many of that team has gone on to play senior internationals and had a message from John Egan yesterday and um, to say you know it was great times and he had great memories and that of Tommy and um, especially especially that trip we would have spent a lot of time together and in, in qualifying and you know and, and to get to know him I, I didn't really know of him before um, coming into under 19s I knew that he'd done an, uh, an awful lot of work around Dundalk with the, with Dundalk itself and especially the younger uh, younger age teams and that, um, and, and, and would have nurtured a lot of young players in, in his time. Um, you know, he, he had vast experience and would have probably brought through an awful lot of players, um, you know, Dundalk-based players. And I think, you know, he had great pride in that and in, in, in seeing, um, you know, local players coming through and fulfilling their potential. Um, so my experience of Tommy, you know, was, you know, a more gentleman you couldn't meet. Um, he did have a bit of a fiery side to him every now and again, but you know you didn't see much of that. Um, but you know he he was a fantastic coach as well. As I said, um, he simplified everything, didn't dress it up, and you knew what you were doing. Um, you know, and I, I certainly um, enjoyed the time working with him, and, and was a fantastic time for us. And. Uh to yourself, Donald, I, I suppose probably something similar there, kind of um, a background with, with Aaron. Um, yourself, your interaction with Tommy, I, I presume, would have been mostly through the club. Yeah, that's right. Um, I would have went up to Oriel at first in 2004 when I uh, just finished the Milk Cup. And uh, Tommy took me up to train with the under-17s. I was only 14 at the time. And within a few weeks, he signed me, had me in the team, three years under my age and kind of gave me the confidence to go and play at that level a little bit above probably what I was ready for and always in your ear always telling you you know you're going to go places you've you've potential in the game and those kind of things uh, and then had me in the under 21s at 15 had me up training with the first team was always pushing when when Jim Gannon was there to get me up training with the first team and when Jim left he went on his own bat and got me and Tiernan Mulvena to go over to Stockport uh, for a week he did that off his own bat didn't have to do it himself and kitty actually drove us up to the airport in tommy's car so that was how much you know above and beyond he was willing to go for players and then as things progressed we had the a league and i stuck with him there and 
he got me up with Sean to the under 17s uh, with Ireland as well. And again, kind of, get, get, he was the kind of coach who gave you the, the confidence that you were probably better than even where to play above your your, your level. Um, so it's it's obviously a great loss for for his family and for the town. Um, as a coach, I think he was ahead of his time. Him and Sean McCaffrey were, were ahead of their time uh, about, about 10 years ago. Like his sessions were not what you'd call out of the book, out of the coaching manual. It was always always sessions that were interesting. There was a tactical element to them. And he wasn't afraid. One thing he always done in sessions was if something wasn't right, if it wasn't being done to the way it was supposed to be done, he'd stop the session, everyone would sit down and he'd spend 10 minutes explaining it or giving you a bollocking or whatever it was and go back into the session then. So um, th that, that's my memories of him as a coach. As, as a person, he took a great interest in me and, and other lads at Dundalk who were young and, and uh, were promising at the time, uh, did more than he had to do for us. And then in later years, just meeting him on the Rifey Bank, you know, with, with Kitty out for a walk and stuff like that. It was nice to bump, in, bump into him and catch up with him. So very sad. Got the news Tuesday morning. I think Jerry Malone tweeted it and kind of a kick in the chest, you know, took the wind out of me and, and uh, very sad day. But it's nice that we have the memories of him now, you know. Yeah. Um, Martin, just to, to come to you, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you knew Tommy very well um, in, in many different capacities. Um, I, I yeah. suppose. I'm just looking at the two boys here and I'm saying there's a huge age difference. Donald's talking about meeting um, Tommy when, in 2004. I think I met Tommy in 1986. And I'm, I'm saying, <laughs> am, I going, am I going to say that? One of the great strengths of, of Tommy and I'm sure the boys will agree, was, was his longevity. You know, he, he was in Oriel Park since from 1969 up until something like 2008, you know, yeah. and, uh, you know, for any, I'd I done it for 13 years, and let me tell you, it was long enough. So how, how Tommy could do it for, 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 for nearly 40 years is a tribute to the man. But, you know, I, came, I, I would have been like the boys. I came across Tommy first when I was a player. Uh, I went up to the U team in 1986, 87. But then Tommy... Um, Tommy um, promoted me then with Tur when he was with Turlock O'Connor yeah. uh, and I actually was involved with the first team in 1990 you know around the time and I remember going on the European trip Tommy Tommy ringing me to tell me I'm going the European trip to uh, uh, Kisbed Honved at the time you know I thought he yeah. was messing like you know just, oh, I'm going the European trip so like Aaron you, you'll understand the beauty of you know like now it's charter flights now it was trains play then it was planes trains and automobiles you know and it was uh and that was just some of the madness but then you know after that I sort of left around that time and then I I, I didn't come across Tommy I came across Tommy then when I when I wanted to take up coaching and Tommy was a great help and a, a advice then and then I got, I got involved again with Tommy and around the emerging talent and that and and I actually I actually was funny um I took over as, as youth development officer in Oriel about 2008 from Tommy. But right. people didn't really, people didn't re recognize the handover because it was a Conley replacing a Conley. And, and <laughs> I, 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 was actually I was actually in Tommy's house today and I, I was talking to, to the family and I said, I used to go to meetings in, 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 um, in, in the, with the FEI or on coaching courses and say, mm. are you Tommy's young fella? And I'd say, no, no relation. <laughs> And as anybody knows, Tommy's about nine kids. And I used to say, look, Tommy's enough without having me to be worried about. Yeah. You know? so, and I said that, I was telling the family that it was, you know, but, but uh, listen, uh, for me, the, 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 the strength of Tommy was his longevity and how mm. he embraced new ideas and, and new, new um, concepts. And he always moved with it. He was all, I agree with Donald at the stage, he, he was ahead of his time. 
his, 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 he was uh, uh, he was not and Aaron he, he was not one of these coaches. You, you look at coaching courses now or coaching sessions now, and you think you look out in the football pitch and you think helicopters are going to land on the pitch with all the cones on it. Tommy wasn't like that. Tommy would just you know let's get in here. We'll do something nice and simple, a nice little passing drill, and he embraced everything and embraced everyone. And um, he was a huge he, he, when he when he retired, he got he got sick maybe four or five years ago. He was a huge loss, not only to, to local uh, teams and local coaching, even nationally from, from Aaron. You know, I, I, I read something about him today that he was involved in under 15 teams, under 16 teams, college teams, you know, local teams. He was a yeah. huge loss to them all. And, and um, you know, he, 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 he'd be sadly missed by everybody. Yeah, Aaron, you know, I was listening to an interview there today with, with Turlock O'Connor with James Rogers and, you know, someone like Turlock O'Connor, you know, was putting him in such high esteem, kind of saying, look, he was never my number two, he was always my number one, as in that's how much he, he, he faith and trust, I suppose, he, he had in, in Tommy when he was his assistant. Like, did that kind of come across to even you when you were, when you were younger with him, that, that he is kind of a you know, vast of knowledge that's just sitting there. Oh, I think so. Um, you know, uh, I seen that what Martin just said, you know, he was, he was involved with so many teams, like college teams, under 15s, Leinster schools and all that. I, I read that the other day myself. I wasn't aware of, of how many different teams he was involved in. So I suppose when it comes to, you know, when a new manager comes in and um, when Paul Doolan came in, to have someone like Tommy by his side, the knowledge and all the experience that he's had over the years gone by is is you know a massive bonus to him as a new manager coming in but not also that there also knowing the players inside out you know he had a personal relationship with every player you know don't touched on it he'd be going around at the dinner time you know or breakfast or whatever and he'd make sure he, he had spoke to every single player in the squad over the course of the day and that was every day while we were in camp like so he, he knew he knew players inside out and he took a great interest and not only their footballing career, but their personal career or their personal life as well. And, you know, I think he had that infectious sort of, you know, it was all genuine. You know, it wasn't just talking for talking's sake. You know, he wanted to know about you more as a person because in, in my understanding of it, if he knew more about you as a person, he, he could get more out of you on the pitch if he knew your character, characteristics and, and so on and so forth. So, you know, there, it's no coincidence that he, as Martin said, the, the longevity that he has been in, that he was in the game for, you know, for such a long time. You, you don't yeah. really hear of that. And, and especially in Irish football, you know, people yeah. might, you know, do a stint for five or six years and, you know, the, the, the way Irish football is and the madness of it, you know, they get fed up of it and, you know, that they, they, they think that they're, they're not making any progress. But I'm sure Tommy, you know, met many of walls, you know, and on the way he was trying to do things, you know, whether at Dundalk or wherever that may be over his period of time. But, you know, it's, um, he kept coming back and kept going and kept going and kept going and, you know, kept nurturing them players. And, um, you know, I think that's a mark of the man that, you know, he never, he never threw, threw in the towel. He, he kept working at it and kept working at it. And, you know, um, it, it was just, you know, a, a very, a very nice man to have involved because he, he took so much of his own time to, you know, listen to other players like, um, and it's not, I've been involved in a lot of teams and a lot of squads and majority of the coaches 
don't want to speak to you when you're not on the training pitch. Um, and majority of the players probably don't want to speak to the coaches as well when they're not on the training <laughs> pitch <laughs> as well. But that wasn't the case with Tommy. Um, you know, if, if, if you met him in the lobby or whatever, you'd sit down and have a conversation with him. And, you know, Donald touched on it. He, he was ahead of his time um, because his ideas and that were, you know, were, were you know, probably just coming to fruition now with, with, with the way people are setting yeah. up and stuff like that there. I, th- I think I think as well as that, Aaron. If you put that in place, if if, if you look at where we are now, uh, and again, it comes back to Tommy's longevity. You know, I we can Google something now and, and get a training session off it and put it on. Tommy didn't have that in 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 the eighties or the nineties. He had to go outside his comfort zone and learn. You know, he had to go and it and. Uh, look for the information he had to go and attend training sessions in in, in dublin of other teams and and, and look at, and learn from that sort of thing and i think the other thing that, that has to be recognized as well is that between tommy and sean mccaffrey they they really put soccer and soccer players on the northeast on the map when yeah. only for them they, the players would never have been recognized on a national level and they, they they would have brought made sure that players from the northeast who let's be honest wouldn't have been and Aaron and, and Donald, you can vote for this. They wouldn't have got a chance because of the Dublin circle that was going on at the yeah. time. And it was Sean and it was Tommy and guys like that. And you know, t- Tommy took another great local coach, John White, under his wing uh, 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 l- uh, later on. And um, and 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 it would have been um, it would have been akin to them to, that if he if they thought they could push any player from the northeast onto the national circle, they, they did and they would. Yeah. I think it was also just Tommy's enthusiasm for football. Like it, it didn't matter. I remember when we when we started in 2004 with the youth team, we entered into the DDSL under 17s at the time, and we were struggling to get players from the schoolboys league teams in the dock to sign up at Oriel Park, and we had training sessions with five players sometimes. But Tommy would still set up the session, put the cones out, and it was the same intensity as four years later when I finished with the youth team when we got all the way to the FEI Cup final. It was exactly the same enthusiasm, exactly the same intensity. He never would, you know, devalue a session because there's only six lads there. He was doing the session for the six who came, not for the other ones who didn't come. I, 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 I remember him doing, t- doing sessions with the first team on Christmas morning. Yeah. Uh, with, with, with six, do you remember that, Donald? Yeah? Six, six or seven players, Tom McNulty, Barry Kyo, maybe Brendan O'Callaghan, Dan Boys. And I tell you, you'd want to make sure you had your... Uh, Christmas morning breakfast while while intact with them boys. Let me tell you. you used to have us <laughs> up on Anna Verna on St Stephen's Day with the youths. Oh yeah, there, yeah. No. yeah, no. I think Martin made a very good point there, and um, for players in the northeast, you know, region, that there probably wasn't that sort of, you know, uh, exposure there before the likes of you know. Uh, Sean and Tommy got involved in the, on the international side of things. You know, it was as Martin said, it was very much Dublin orientated and Dublin based. Mm. You know, um, for a long time, and you know, I have to be very grateful for that. You know, because I know, especially Sean, having a connection with him, being being a fellow Monaghan man, you know, he would have pushed me, um, you know, towards the, the soccer side of things, you know, as well, and and been encouraged me and says, listen, there will be opportunities there. So. And I'm sure Tommy was doing the exact same for people in, in Dundalk as well, you know, always pushing their local. And listen, it wasn't a case that you were in there because of, you know, your connection with them. 
they mm. got you the opportunity, but you had to take the opportunity then. Yeah. But the both of them could be as ruthless as you know any other manager, um, and especially Sean, you know, <laughs> yeah. as ruthless as they come. So it wasn't this a case, you know, they were from the locality and you were getting in. You you, start, you had to take your chance, but they got them chances for players. That's what I'm trying to say. And yeah, the you know, doors, yeah. the, the open doors and open um, doors that, that that wouldn't have been opened uh, prior to that. To be fair, absolutely, absolutely. Um, Martin, I'll come to you first on this, but just for the week that's 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 happened with his passing, you know, the usual kind of happens. There's an, an onslaught of images online, you know, and people reminiscing. And the one thing that, that that blew my mind from looking at you know international setups with yourself, Aaron, in it, and and there's Dundalk selections with with Donald in it and everything. It's like the, the, the array of players. You know they're at such a high standard. They all achieve things. You know when you think of bringing in Barry Kyo and things like that. You know he was all part of that, even into into Dundalk. Like the, he he the, the the level of players that that he managed to coach at some at some level somewhere. It's amazing. Yeah, it's great talking about Barry Kyo. I actually think Barry Kyo is one of my favourite uh, Dundalk League of Ireland players. I think he would get in any team of any generation. But that's that's another discussion. It's, for, it's the image of him already signing the contract. And, and yeah. Tommy's right beside him, and I just like yeah. it's you know. But listen, that 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 was uh, the the people the people that Tommy took through is a tribute to him, you know, and and uh, and his ability to to coach and get the best out of him. And don't forget that, you know, he, to be fair, and a tribute to Barry as well as he came back to football twice or three times, and that was that was through the encouragement of the likes of Tommy and Torlock and and and, and Jim McLaughlin, you know, mm. because Barry had got ill. But um, you know, there's just. Uh, I, I don't think we can sit here and list off all the players that, that came through the hands of, of Tommy Connolly because we, it, it would take two or three episodes. You know, like <laughs> I'm sure Donald will agree. He played with many great players that came through. You know, mm. uh, Steve Staunton was one of them that came through my setup with, with Tommy very briefly because uh, at that stage, Jerry Morgan was the youth team manager. But Tommy had an influence through him, the youth team, and then Torlock trying to get him into the first team. Aaron, I'm sure, could have an equally... Uh, impressive set of players as well but each and every one of them I, I i think even even people i seen people on twitter who would have played say with tommy's tommy was the, the leinster league manager for six years where they used to they used to go and i think it was a trip to germany or somewhere and people were on twitter saying that even that trip he had an influence on them and he can still remember managing them and i think yeah. i think i think the biggest thing that we can all say that's involved in soccer is if you grew up and you remember your soccer coach who had an influence with you and I think it's important. I see. I heard Donald saying it earlier on, not even from uh, to make you into a better football footballer, but to make you into a better person. I think Tommy Connolly. I think many people would say Tommy Connolly had that influence on them. You know, he he and and again, Aaron said it earlier. He 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 wanted to know the person. Nowadays, it would all be about psychology. It wasn't about Tommy Connolly. Tommy Connolly was a nice man, you know, and he just yeah. wanted to know the person before he got to know the footballer. That was it. Yeah, um, and like Les, would there be many coaches? Like, would would you hold? I suppose many coaches in that esteem that you have been. I mean, you've you've been around a fair few coaches, both of you since. Um, <clears throat> there's been lots of coaches who have been like great fellas and and you know uh, had a, had some sort of impact. But I think the two that stand out would definitely be Tommy and Sean. They were just on a different level than than anything I've I've seen in Ireland. You know. Uh, and then there's lads kind of following. Jo John White was up at the dog for a while, and he was involved in the FAI. And Tom Moen uh, is the same. But 
but for sure tommy and sean were just there was something special about them and it was they were great coaches but they were even better people and they had that personality bit of character it was great going away on trips with them and i i can't think of anyone who'd come close to either of those two don't just before you add to that and i know aaron you're going to come in now Sean, you mentioned two other people as well as Sean and, and Tommy, and that was Tom and John White. And both of them would tell you that they were heavily influenced by Tommy yeah. and Sean McCaffrey. Mm. And yes. um, I know, I know, Pingu would know that as well when he comes off the phone. Now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're caught! You're caught! <laughs> Sorry, my coverage has gone there, Martin. Mess with Martin there, of course. You've stung it up, Aaron. Aaron would they? I suppose maybe the, the same two coaches have a massive influence on on yourself then. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, t- t- two people would have had a, a big influence on my career, um, both Sean and Tommy. Um, but I think the modern coach or the modern day manager, you know, it, it's completely changed. I, I don't think Tommy would actually enjoy being involved in the modern day game now because things of, you know, as Martin said, they're psychologists and all this sort of carry on involved in, in the game that it's it's almost got too much of a close shop uh, where the yeah. coaches are the coaches and the players are the players. There's not that much interaction between players and coaches. Um, you know, in my experience, coaches and managers don't really want you to come and speak into them. Now. You, they don't want to. They don't want to engage in that sort of you know conversation. They just want to get you on the pitch, do the training, and you know, finish up there where Tommy, as it as I already alluded to, had that, you know, personal side to him. He would come and speak to you. He would take time out uh, and, and talk to you and get to know you. And um, I, I just think the way the game's gone, that sort of type of coach and manager has, you know, almost vanished from the game. But in my opinion, there's, there's, there's still plenty of room for that sort of a manager and coach in the game because those are the ones that have all the life experience as well. You know they've they've been in and around numerous different teams, and you, you can still learn of the, of of those coaches. Um, there's too much, in my opinion, there's too much emphasis put on 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 a, on the modern coach. But what is the modern coach? You know, um, yeah. a coach is a coach, and a good coach is a, is, is a coach that takes time out and and, and speaks to you. And Tommy, Tommy certainly done that. Pingu, you've got time to Google him now. Come on, give us something. <laughs> no, I just, uh, I suppose, I have a question for Martin. Um, obviously, you were saying there that you um, you came into the head of youth development role, kind of, you, you you replaced Tommy for that, but Tommy Tommy was actually one of the course instructors in the first Kickstart that I'd done when I was 16, and uh, Tommy always took great, well, I, I wouldn't know Tommy like the three lads that we have on, which is one of the reasons why I wanted to get people that work closely with him. He always, I felt as a coach that time, as a young lad, I was only just turned 16, but Tommy took great pride in young coaches coming through and being able to help them probably in the, in the same vein that he helped, helped you all out as players. Martin, did you find that as well when you started working with Tommy in that coaching capacity that he wanted to pass on his knowledge, you know, and he wanted to help young coaches get better? Yeah, I, I, I think so. He, he was always on the end of the phone. He was, all, he was all, always helpful to me. Um, I spent a couple of years with him on the emerging talent um, uh, in Oriel every Monday night or something. And, and you just would have loved to be able to explain to these kids at 13 or 14 how lucky they were to have somebody like Tommy and John White, who, who's an exceptional coach as well, 
these two people are, are, are you know, trying to put you on the right pathway to, to, to a career in soccer. And, and they were amazing. But they were, at that time, and I know, Aaron, this is something you said, they were, they were completely contrasting coaches, but, but similar as well, if you know what I mean. Only Tommy was in his 60s at that time. John might have been in his 30s. But you could see that John was influenced so heavily by, by, uh, by Tommy and all the positives, mm. all the positives. But, you know, Tommy wasn't running around giving demos of the 40-yard of the passes. That was John White because he was able to do it. Right? <laughs> you know, but, but uh, you, know, you know, it was, it was just great times. And, and, and just the knowledge that, that uh, somebody like Tommy had was, was, uh, was huge. But, he, but at that stage, yeah, he, he, it, it was great to, to be able to learn. You know, I might have been on my B license at that time, heading for my A license. And just to see that... Tommy Connolly was 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 putting you in the right direction and telling you where to go. But but to be fair, you're right, Aaron. I don't think he really talked to the to the really modern coaching and this square has to be ten by ten and this has to be done. You know, it wasn't like you know if you take an extra touch, take an extra touch. If you, if you if you need more room, make the square bigger. It wasn't that he wasn't that sort of thing. It was if. Learn the player, learn the person. If he needs a wee bit more walk, he needs a wee bit more walk, and and, and that's it. It's not, but th that was Tommy. But that he learned that through experience, and and again, I come back to to to, to the longevity of the career that he had, and and and, and the other thing I think when when we talk about uh, Tommy, I'd say, and I, I'd love to hear the, the two boys comment to this. I would say he was a perfect number two for you. I'd say if you were a manager and you just knew, right? I don't have to worry about the training session tonight because. Yeah. I know Tommy's going to Tommy's going to put on a brilliant session every yeah. time. He's going to be there on time. He's going to have everything set up. He's going to talk to the players. He's going to coach them well. And if there's any problems, he'll come and get me. You know, uh, he'd be loyal to the core. He he would be. I'd say he would. He was just a perfect number two to have. Turlock yeah, must have had his feet up. Huh? <laughs> Turlock, he must have had his feet up going. That's it. <laughs> well, to be to be fair, at that stage it would have been a wee bit different, right? Because uh, unlike now, we would have been training in the evenings, and Tommy would have been training a lot of the Dundalk based players in Oriel, hmm. and Torlock would have had the Dublin based players in Dublin, and then maybe once a week or once a fortnight they would they did come in together. That now listen, that's when God was a gas in eighty nine and ninety. You know? <laughs> um, yeah, no, I I I certainly agree with Martin there. Um, you know, if you were, if you were looking at number two, um, there would have been no better man, because um, you know, trust. You know, managers had massive trust in him, and that go, goes back to his longevity in the game, and especially at uh, Dundalk. Um, I think I read it was maybe five or six different managers he he worked under at Dundalk. You know, and that just goes to show you as well that you know, new managers nine times out of ten comes into a club and wants to bring his own staff in. But, you know, they got obviously knew of and heard of Tommy's, you know, work, um, his ability. And, you know, obviously he, he, he had uh, a lot of people had massive trust in him because they kept him on time after time. Uh, and to have that as a manager, you know, um, I'm sure is, is, you know, as Martin says, it takes a lot of stress and a lot of pressure off because, you know, I'm sure managers have an awful lot to, to, to do without having to worry about, I wonder how the session is going to be. And 
and that was never the case because the sessions and don't allude to they were always brilliant you know um and they're always simple you know and the fact that you know he was willing to put a session on for three or four players if, the, if that was only there he was a mark of the man as well because he wanted to better them three or four players and he didn't didn't care about the 10 or 12 that weren't there so um you know i suppose that that speaks volumes of him as well um you know and very trust trustworthy man and um i suppose you know it, it, yeah it just goes back to you know his loyalty i suppose to the game as well um you know the fact that um he was in it for so long and I suppose the big one would have been for a lot of managers would have been the trust and they knew everything was going to be all right once they had Tommy by his side. Yeah. When he finished up with Dundalk then in 2008, he went out to Belurgan and managed mm. them. He was director of football out there. Mm. Another great role for him, you know, overseeing things, not just in the first team, but the, the, the young lads as well. And the thing was, he, he was coming from the, you know, League of Ireland underage teams and going out to Belurgan and the sessions he put on, like lads were just blown away by it. It was like, They'd never seen anything like this before. An hour and a half session would seem like 15 minutes. Your 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 brain was engaged, your body was engaged. You come through the session, it'd be a tough session, but you'd, you'd be wanting more, you know? And Martin said something about cones. I, I, I coach a team over here, and there's one thing Tommy always said in the sessions, and I always say it in mine as well, and it's probably going against the coaching manual, but you go out on a pitch and there's all these cones set up everywhere. The first thing Tommy would say is, see them cones, don't mind them. They're only there as a guideline. That's all they're there for. When you play football on a Sunday, there's no cones on the pitch. So make it match realistic. And that's always something I keep in my mind when I'm coaching lads. If the cones are only there to kind of give you an idea where to be. But it's 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 about it's about doing things match related. And Tommy always put that into you and it was great to keep that in your mind, you know. Mm -hmm. There was a smile from you, Martin, and Aaron there. This must be a line you threw it all the time, was it? <laughs> No, no, no. I just, I just, I think Aaron's just do, do, doing what I'm doing, thinking of the modern coaches. And when you walk out onto the football pitch, and there's four million cones of different colours, and, and 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 they're all over the pitch. And, and the first thing I always say is, what time's the helicopter landing at? You know, it, 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 it's, it's just blow you away, like the, the, these cones. And, and listen, I, and I, I can see both sides of the argument. I, I've done my A license. I'm presently doing my elite A. It'll be the last course I'll ever do in my life. But. Um, you know, I, I, I sometimes wonder and I look at, at somebody like Tommy who had all the knowledge of, of the of the world. I still think Tommy would have had it if he had it, no coaching badges. I just yeah. think he had that in him. I don't think Tommy Connolly had to go to UEFA or FIFA and or the FEI and do an A license. I I think the boys will agree with me. I think he just had a well of knowledge and 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 experience that he didn't need somebody to get their share license. Now I'm telling you, you're very good at this. No, he, he was just good at it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, Gally, Gally, if I can just bring you in, just you yeah. know, another local coach here. I mean, I'm I'm sure you, you, I don't know if you remember him at the club and stuff like that as well, and the influence he would have had. But like the influence he had here locally was huge as well. Oh, massive! I mean, like I didn't know Tommy personally. I would have known him from. Probably sitting at the games more than anything else in the stand. Yeah. Every day is Royal Bar. My dad would have told him who he was. But like, even it, it's only when you see the like I think Aaron mentioned earlier, it's when you see the messages from people, you know, like mm. you see the tweets earlier, even from Gaelic clubs. So I didn't realize he coached a clan the Gael as well. And I remember my father was telling me a story this morning where he was only saying to me this morning where he had them up at the Forty Glen at the back of um, Oriel Park and he was running the feet off them up and down the hills. And my father at the time was at the ladies' football and he told them, not to turn off the lights in Oriel Park, give him another 10 minutes, because he's going to run these for another 15 minutes that they don't even know about it. 
But it, it's just, it's little things like even John Egan was tweeting him today. And it's, it's a, like the man, I probably haven't seen him more. Like I put it up in the group the other night, the chat that we have for the, the podcast. He was trending on Twitter. Was that last night? Mm. He was trending all over. I think he was the second most tweeted thing in Ireland last night. And that just goes to show what the, the impact the man had. The reach he had like. Yeah, like I mean, like I know a lot of like we see best to say how Gavin McKeever, Fra Trundle, mm. you know, cracking footballers from summer league, and that's what Tommy would have been known for. Would have been watching games, you know. You see similar now with Jim Conroy. You see him going around at games and looking at matches and watching influence on, on young footballers. And although he didn't coach me, or you know, I never got to go on the one of his training sessions. Everybody knew Tommy Conroy was. It was yes. just he just had that impact and. Like no better three men to speak about him tonight, and it's um, look, it's a massive loss of the town. I didn't actually realize I was only told that he was 74. He, he didn't like, I didn't realize he was 74. He just looked like Tommy always a gray hair. I remember like anything, he had gray hair as long as I'm alive. When I would have known, like, seen him in the 90s and stuff with Rangers or below, like, don't say, but it's he's a credit to look at his family, the football community. It's uh, it's a massive, it's a massively sad loss. Yeah, look at it as a coach, it's it's someone like the boys are saying old school coaching, not the modern day. And if, if we can take a bit of that into it and stop kind of hounding kids too much about you know the likes of cones, something so simple about cones, you know, running the legs off and it's it's so it's simple football at the end of the day, and Tommy was the epitome of that, you know. Probably probably the grey hair when he realized only three people turned up for a session that he had just organized with all these cones. <laughs> More cones and players. Yeah. I think Ali made a good point there about like with Tommy, it didn't matter if you were John Egan or if you were a summer league football player in Dundalk. Some coaches yeah. they kind of gravitate towards the more talented players and you know they'll support them and push them. But Tommy didn't care. Whatever your level was, Tommy was there to get the best out of you. And you really really felt that from him, you know. Um so yeah. I, I I I think I think it's a, a fit and tribute to him. If 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 you if you were again, if you were to look at, at some of the you know, he was a Dundalk man. He was never going to manage or, or coach any other club, you know. But if mm. you look at, at, at some of the national things he'd done, you know, he, he managed university teams. He managed Irish colleges. He managed uh, under-15s and 16s international teams. He managed National League under-23 teams. He managed National League under-20 teams. He was assistant manager to Paul Doolin with Aaron's group. He was, uh, he was involved with Sean at various international groups. You know, you don't get this if you're a bad coach. You just don't. Now, people can criticise the FEI and they can do all they want. But let me tell you, when it comes to coaches and managing of the national teams, you will be found out very quickly. And Aaron alluded to it earlier. The players will catch will, will catch you out very quickly. And you'll just be seen as a dud. And, but so for, for Tommy to do, to, to manage and coach at that high, that the highest level in this country, over four, uh, four decades, amazing. It's unheard of, isn't it? Amazing, mm. you know. Yeah. Um, I think it just. I'm just thinking about it there. Like we we often had a discussion on the on the show here about underage levels and and how we've mismanaged that. You know, it, when we look at putting academy structures now into Ireland, so we're trying to hold on to better talent for longer with, with better coaching. I mean, Tommy would have been in his element with this now, wouldn't he? You know to do that right he might fight with you over it but you know <laughs> he could argue over, over you know what what is the best way to do it you know like tommy to be fair i think donald said it earlier on and um, tommy always wanted the best players to to to, to go to Oriel park 
you know, no, no matter what age they were. I think, mm. I think, um, Tiernan Mulvena will allude to that when he tried to get him up as a 14 year old or something. And Donal at 14, like, don't, Donal alluded that, that he was in Oriel at 14 or 15. I'd say there was people not wanting Donal to go to Oriel Park at 14 or 15, but mm. we have to try and get the best players to the best yeah. level as quick as we can. And that's like you talk about structures you know, that are in place now because, to be fair, Donal. I'm sure you wanted to go and be coached by Tommy Conley at 14. Yeah, exactly. And that's, and that's it. Exactly. So, so you had to get the best players with the best coaches in the best leagues. Yeah. I would think. You talk about structures in place now. Like the, It's a great thing that we have the National League from what is it, under 14 or 15 upwards. Yeah. But like Tommy was doing that in 2004 when there was no National League. He put us into the DDSL under 17s. He made a yeah, team. But, when and he was playing you, you played you at 14. Yeah. <laughs> we weren't very good, Mark. And Tiernan. And, and, and <laughs> And Tiernan, yeah. yeah. Well, I was bigger than Tiernan at 14, in fairness. But, <laughs> but I have a nine-year-old nephew that was bigger than, that was bigger than Tiernan when he was 14. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's what, when you say he was ahead of his time, like thinking like that to say, look, we, we, th there's a gap between schoolboys league 16s and then what's, what's at Oriel as a senior team or a 21s team. Yeah. We put together a 17s team. We put them in the DDSL. We go to Dublin every week and we develop players and they'll go into the 21s and progress on. And that was at a time actually when Unlike now, when, when Gannon was the manager and the dog actually needed lads who came through that squad, like Shane Grimes, Reggie Hughes, Colin Fine, and Tiernan, like we, th th that actually fed the first team when they had no good players. That, those were the real dark days at Royal Park, you know, mm -hmm. playing, playing home games in Monaghan for a while and stuff like that. No offense, Aaron, in Monaghan. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that, that's what Tommy did. And, and he was a key part of the club for, us, as, as Martin said, you know, four decades. It's unbelievable longevity. I don't think we'd see that again. No, probably no, no, probably not. So, Aaron, just just on on the points there, the, the boys were making just about about influence and stuff. You know, how important is it though for for these younger guys coming through to to have access to talented coaches? You know, like not everyone's going to be up to the standard, Tommy, but good quality standard of coaching in this country. Yeah, no, it's massive. Um... And the earlier you can get that, the better. And I think the way the structures have been put in place now um, in the country is going to improve that. So it is. But if, well, if you go, when most kids probably start off when they're six or seven now, whatever, um, at, at, at their local team or, or wherever the case may be, but their first, their first coach, they will always think this first coach is amazing because they've been taught stuff that they've never seen before. And, and I just think this is great. But that first coach, like, mightn't have a Scooby Doo about football, like, and it could be could be coaching them all the wrong stuff. So it is yeah. so important now that you have, you know, I know I, I use the term qualified. I don't I don't like using the term qualified coaches because Tommy educated himself, but people that have, I suppose, you know, a football brain um, or, or or an idea. Because um, I agree with Martin, what Martin said earlier, of you, you don't necessarily have to have all the badges to be, you know, this great coach. It can come from life experience, uh, going educating yourself and, and making yourself a better coach, a coach. So I, th I really do think it is important, and the younger the better that these, the younger the better these players are, you know, getting that coaching is only going to help us develop better players in, in this country going forward. Because you know, I know certainly in the UK and uh, and and so on and so forth, these players are coming into academies now at seven or eight years of age and availing of the best coaching. 
and for then when you get to 15 16 in this country and if you're going to go over the water you know and you haven't been receiving the best coaching it's an uphill it's an uphill task like and um you know because these other ones have been in a structured environment or you know getting the best available coaching for seven or eight years before more than you have so um you know and i, I give the fei credit and that i'll not give them too much and i'm sure it was pushed by by not many people involved in the fei i'm sure they just had a bow to the pressure in the end but you know we're event we're, we're gradually getting to where we should be you know with football in this country although it's a slow painful process I do think it's we're been making... a hard. It's been a hard slog, Darren. I can yeah, tell you. It's I, a hard I, slog. I think you know we're we're gradually getting to where we should have been maybe five, ten years ago. Hmm. Yeah, I think it's it's great for them, Doc. That I think they're one of only six clubs in the League of Ireland with a full-time academy manager, Stephen McDonald. Hmm. So I think Stephen going in there is a great step for the club. And whatever happens next year with ownership and stuff like that, you'd hope that that would stay in place. Um, and you look at what Bowes have done with Kevin's. I think that the big shame since I've been involved in football is that the Dundalk have never, and Martin probably knows more about this, that the Dundalk have never been able to link up properly with the Schoolboys League and create a real pathway there, a real football pyramid in town. You'd hope that maybe over time that would happen so that, as Aaron said, kids aren't getting their first you know, proper coach at 15, but they're getting it at eight and nine because mm-hmm. those couple of years make a big difference in the development of a player. Martin, do you want to come in on it? Yeah, listen. All I can do is talk about my time, and I've always, I always had a very good relationship with with the Schoolboys League. But I absolutely get where where Donald goes is is going with that, and and there does have to be a proper pathway and hmm. and uh, and link there. But uh, going back to what Aaron said about the national leagues, the national leagues is is one of the great. Uh, things that has happened to the FA in in the last number of years, and if you hit, there's always great debates on one of the many hundreds of F- or, uh, podcasts for uh, about the League of Ireland. I thought you were going to say for Dundalk. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's, only, there's a few of them as well. But, uh, <laughs> but the debate you'll always hear is that you'll hear that there's a problem, the Dublin clubs or the Dublin grassroots clubs are giving out about the National League. But you'll never hear Sligo Rovers giving out about it, Galway United giving out about it. So it's, it's a Dublin circular thing that, that uh, they have a problem with it because you know, and we can't lose the grassroots club either. We can't lose from when it, in relation to our area. We can't lose the key Celtics. We can't lose the Belorgans. We can't lose the Rock Celtics. So the plan has to include everybody. There has to be a grassroots club which feeds into the elite clubs, which then feeds into the thing. But but the grassroots clubs should always be there for 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 the social footballer and and that sort of thing mm-hmm. as well. Absolutely, you mm-hmm. know. Like Donald, there, there, there is room for, for, for everyone in this. Like, you know, coming from kind of schoolboys football and, th- and things right up, like it's, you know, th- that pathway has been so successful for so long. So to, to scrap that as a, 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 a achievable pathway would be foolish. But like Martin just says, it, there's a way to amalgamate schoolboys football, elite ca- academy football together, and, and it should be a beneficial to everybody, shouldn't it? Yeah, no, I, I don't think anyone's saying that the grassroots should be scrapped in any way. Yeah. I think it's more about ensuring that players get good coaching from qualified or at least good coaches from a young age, right? So from 8, 9, 10, when it's really a key development stage for footballers. And also that there's a pathway for the more talented players to show their talent on a, on a bigger stage, whether that's national tournaments, national leagues, or even going internationally. 
Um, but Martin's right. There's, like Football is not all about being competitive and winning trophies. It's about enjoyment and health and all that kind of stuff. So there's definitely a room for, room for uh, some sort of compromise between the two, two ways of thinking. Um, and I'd love to see that in Dundalk. I'd love to see that good eight-year-old players are going up to Oriel once a week maybe instead of going with their club or something like that. But uh, these things take time and we, we might get there, we might not get there. I, I, I think the other thing, Donald, and I think and interesting, I know Aaron, and Aaron, the best luck to, with the move to, to Glentor and all the best on that one as well. But uh, I think the other thing about it that we have to be aware of is, um, you know, young footballers are now going to be staying in Ireland for longer because of Brexit. They can't yeah. go to they can't go to the UK anymore at sixteen, so they're going and uh, 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 they have to stay here at eighteen unless they're listen clever clever people find loopholes as as we all know, but that's another thing. But um, if you look at the League of Ireland and you look at you look at what the likes of Bohemians are doing, it's a younger league, so you're hoping yeah. that that these that these younger players break through, they then get into the first team, they then they then we then. Uh, have a, a period where they're where they're not you're not they're not being sold to England as 15, sixteen year olds they're being sold as first team players. Now that adds a, a couple of zeros to their value, which then mm. takes money back into the league, which then goes to the academy setup, and it's a big domino effect, so to speak. You know, mm. so 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 that will, if you look at the League of Ireland, and we're all League of Ireland supporters here, it's definitely got younger. It's it's, yeah. it's, it's a younger league. You go down into the first division, it's younger again. So. I think that can only be of a benefit. It can only be a huge benefit um, to, to all the young players. Yeah, I think Brexit's no, I... a huge opportunity, sorry, Aaron, uh, for us to, you know, the League of Ireland to get its act together finally and actually put in put in the proper structures to develop players. Like, it's it's not good enough that me as a goalkeeper or a lad, you know, I didn't have a goalkeeping coach until I was 15 and a lad in the UK is having that from eight, right? So eventually when you go over to the UK, if you're if you're a more mature player, you're still going to be at a disadvantage having not had the coaching that the guys you're up against have, you know. But um, yeah. yeah, sorry, go ahead, Aaron. Actually, going to say that myself with the Brexit, you know, I think will really help grow the league. Um, you know, it, and only if things are done right as well, you know. Um, and let's be honest, it it, it takes finances to. To, to run these underage teams as well and facilities and that and we're probably not blessed in in this country with the, the best facilities so hopefully by these players staying for you know an extra couple of years and as martin said going over as first team players then you know you, you're getting a, a better value for them um where they go over and it's probably a nom i don't know much about you know if you go over as a young player 15 16 there's probably a set amount but teams might be able to you know demand more um you know, rather than just having to accept whatever the basic is as a 15 or 16 year old. And 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 only if things are done right, it's going to help the league grow because it's going to improve facilities. Um, you know, it's, it, it's, it's going to attract more people to the league because they're going to see uh, young, talented players playing in the league uh, longer rather than going over and playing academy football, you know, where you can get lost in that as well. Um, mm. so, so, so I think it's going to help the league going forward. But um, you know, we. Everyone... Aaron, would you would you have been better off going go, going over? Probably a look at hindsight's a great thing, but but a year or two more in the league for you and and going over, not being allowed to go over for another year or two. Could you see? Could you have seen the benefit in that? Yeah, no, absolutely, um, Martin. You know what? Like what I I went over when I was seventeen, and um, you know I was just after playing five or six games in the first division for Monaghan United at the time. 
you know, and now if, when I went over to England, I went into, it was the under 21s at the time dressing room. And you're playing against, you know, players week in, week out that are 17, 18, 19, 20 year olds where, mm. you know, I was playing in the first division at the time, playing against, you know, seasoned sort of, you know, pros, boys that had played in the Premier League were coming down, you know, but it was it was a challenge because, you know, I was young um, I hadn't developed physically or anything. Um, I think, you know, if I had stayed maybe for another year and played a full season, say, in, in the first division, and even maybe went to the Premier Division after that and, and played a year there and went over when I was maybe 21 or 20, 20 or 21, you know, things things would have been an awful lot better. Because when you're going over when you're 17, 18, you're basically only a number. And, you know, if, if, I, if, we're, if we're being truthful here, they're taking a chance on you because, yeah, you know, yeah, th- th- yeah. they're you're not costing a whole pile of money. They're thinking, you know, we might be able to work with him. And if it works out, great brilliant it'll be a benefit of our club but if it doesn't work out off you go back to ireland and 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 then that's it and that's when we see a lot of players coming back at 18 19 years of age and they fall out of the game because they haven't they don't they don't know how to you know fit into a a senior team or a senior environment they're used to academy football you know those those figures those figures are frightening you know the figures the figures of People who come back from England after their first contract, something like ninety-five percent of them never play, never play soccer again. Never play it. Yeah. Never. I, just I, fall I, out of go go back and play Gaelic. To go back and play hurling. To go back and play. They just they, they fall out of love of the game, and 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 it's been put down to the fact that if they go over there too young, they don't actually get a lot of games because yeah. the league might be under 23. and You might have seen uh, this week the concept where Man United have taken Paul McShane back to play with their uh, under-23 team as a coach and a player because they think that players playing alongside somebody like Paul McShane will benefit more from playing just a normal under-23 game. Yeah. yeah, no, absolutely, Martin. And I think that goes, like, you know, um, back to, you know, they've had a bad experience when they go over as well. Um, yeah. you know, and everything's done for you when you're over here, over in the UK, and when you come back, you have to graft. But if you had that two or three years already playing first first team football here in Ireland before you went over, you would be better set up, and you'd be you'd be took over, you know, not not as a prospect, but as someone that you know ready to make an impact straight away. Um, when you're when you're 21, 22, 23 years of age, but certainly when you're took over when you're 16, 17, you know, it, it's just. It's almost like a gamble for the club, you know. If it works out for them, great. If it doesn't, you know, there's there's nothing big lost. Yeah, they were talking about this on uh, LOI Central podcast, the Dan McDonald's podcast about mm. Dawson Devoy, obviously the young star in the league. He's an exceptional player. Like, if you're in his position, what's better for him? Is it to take a gamble and go and play under 23s in England somewhere, or to stay in the League of Ireland for another season, play Premier League football, play in Europe? And for me. It has to be staying in the League of Ireland, playing men's football, adults football, instead of going over there. A lot of things can happen in England. There's a squad of 30 players in a 23 squad. It, it, it's a big gamble, I think. I think that it's definitely, if you're playing football in the first team in the League of Ireland, it's it's much better to stay here until you're, you know, 22, 23. I agree, totally. I agree. You know, like you go over to, like say, you go over to a club in, in say, Southampton to play under 23s. It's a really locally based club, and they could have 
you know, Tucky of a squad in their under 23. Somebody like Dawson Devoy could go over there and not get 10 games for the year. And from, yeah. from that, at that stage of his development, that's holding back his development. He's going to play every single game for Bowes. He's going to be in the third yeah. round of the, of the Europa Conference League next week. Brilliant for, for his development. There's no comparison. Yeah. Apart from the money, of course. <laughs> That's Aaron went. Aaron went. Aaron went for the big contract. It's <laughs> <laughs> the money, and it's also the kind of thing of 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 the kind of we, we tend to belittle our own league over here. You know, it's like oh, he's only League of Ireland footballer, rather than oh, he went over to England and he played for Wolves or he played for Southampton or wherever it was. It's kind of Irish people kind of take that as a bit more prestigious. But when you look at it in brass tacks, it's much better to play as Martin said, yeah, the first team here than it is to go over there, and it's a, like a lottery over there, you know. Um, something we brought up um, only a few weeks ago was, you know, let's say all the clubs get their ducks in a row and, and get this academy structure working and guys aren't leaving the league as, as early. I'll, I'll ask you first, Martin, and then I'll come to the lads. Martin, do you think there's a chance of football becoming an industry in Ireland like you see in the UK and across Europe? Donald, I'm sure you see it and um, where you are you know like is that potential that people can just make an earning from football in ireland well well, well that's that, that's the problem with football in ireland we don't have an industry and um you know uh, we have to all uh walk towards that because if we don't there will be no improvement you know uh, you know i've been involved in 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 discussing um uh tv deals with companies right you're just giving them a way out you're saying listen Nobody wants to watch your match on a Friday night when there's because the backdrop is terrible, you know. Yeah, it's, it's you think that somebody so somebody scores a worldy in uh, in Tala with seven thousand people, it looks great, right? It doesn't look the same in with greatest respect because we all know Oriel Park and there's twenty people standing on the away end and it looks terrible. Yeah. And TV, that's a way out for them. You're giving them a way out to say. That's why we don't pay you. You have not got a standalone TV deal. Danish, Danish, the Danish league, which is no more, not a bit huge, bigger country than us. Maybe what is it? Was it Aaron fourteen million? Darren or uh, Donald fourteen million? Maybe in Denmark, they yeah. have a fifty million euro TV deal. Fifty million euro, right, to, for the standalone for for their league. The League of Ireland doesn't get a penny at it because it's a, a, a sort of a complicated league with international football, with, with, with international football, and and a by the way, is will you show be a wee bit of League of Ireland? And that's only that's only one thing. But until all those elements are are, are, are changed, we won't have an industry, and we, if we don't have an industry, we won't develop. And that, and that's um, yeah. that is a sad fact. The other side of it is, you know, one of the key elements could have been. The All Ireland League, which is another one, because that could have generated huge income. It generates huge incomes. You can work on your infrastructure. You can work on your academies. You can work on as Aaron said earlier on. None of this will be done without real money. Yeah, and, and I, I mean that. real money. You, you think, look at something. You look at something last week about greyhound. Greyhound. Uh, greyhound industry in Ireland gets twenty-five million a year or something, and only the last couple of years, soccer has got something like two point nine seven. Three million euro, three million for soccer, twenty million for greyhounds. Yeah. Sorry, Donald, you were going to say. Yeah, I think is it possible? Yeah, but the the question is, where do you start? There's there's two ways to maybe do it. Either the clubs take initiative and try to do it themselves, and unfortunately, that seems to have a very predictable cycle. You know, you've clubs like Cork Rovers. 
Dundalk. Uh, it, it's, it's a lot of momentum. You get an investor in, it has a five-year or sometimes a 10-year lifespan. And then quite predictably, these clubs end up uh, back where they started. On the other side, you have the, the governing body, the FAI, and they've been mismanaged for, you know, you, you all read the book uh, by Mark Tighe, so you know what's been going on there, grossly mismanaged for the guts of 20 years. Um, so where do you start? Is it the clubs have to get together? And and uh, I think Martin mentioned the All-Ireland League. I think that's, from a marketing perspective or from an image perspective, that's one way to really create a different product and to, to make the League of Ireland interesting for, for a bigger audience. But it's just there's so many so many things to consider and you don't know where to start. And, it, you know, we don't want to maybe get into what might happen next year with Dundalk, but it's happened to a lot of clubs in the League of Ireland that people come in, big plans, and suddenly after four or five years, you're, you're back where you started or worse. I, I think the starting point, um, Donald, has got to be the governing body and the government itself. And there has to be... Uh, there has to be uh, some sort of plan going forward. If 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 you can't get those two bodies um, to work together, you've absolutely no chance because it has to be real money, not you know ten million a year or you know thirty million over the next three years. It's not going to work. It has to be three hundred million over the next three years or something for yeah, for, yeah. for 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 to, for a starting point. That is, and then if that's a starting point, then you will get UEFA or FIFA. To uh, to buy into to, to those ideas, but I agree with you. That the first problem is that the the FEI has to be put on a proper footing. No matter what way you look at it, it's still sixty million euro in debt. That's it. Yeah. You know, and until that's sorted out, you ain't going nowhere. Yeah, and I'm just on that as well. Yeah. Yeah. I I think I think you know there certainly is potential there to to, to have an industry, but it, it it comes back down to finances. And um, you know, facilities as well is massive. And I know from you know having played in the League of Ireland and played up north, majority of the stadia in the north, you know, are supported by government funded, um, and the facilities are an awful lot better than the facilities that are in the League of Ireland. Um, now that's not every club, but majority. But a lot of that money comes from you know backing of the government. Um, and, mm-hmm. and and the, the government's relationship with the, with their own organisation, um, and that and that goes a long way. Because let's be honest about it, you know, Irish clubs don't make enough money to be able to do this on their own, um, no. No. unless you have managed to qualify for the Europa League or Champions League five or six seasons in a row. You can't do it. It simply can't be done. It needs backing from the relevant authorities, our governing body, and our own government. And until that changes, unfortunately, you know, it's just going. We're, we're just going to be talking about it the whole time. The possibilities, um, because you know, you know it, like like some of the simple facts, uh, and these are facts because because I've had to have them uh, at various meetings. But you know, an average an average. Premiership attendance for the for the five teams in the league over a weekend could be about twelve thousand people in the Premier League between the five games. Uh, look at that mm-hmm. game, right? And uh, an average attendance at a Greyhound meeting is something like one hundred and seventeen people. Wow, one hundred and seventeen people, right? And yet the Greyhound industry gets twenty million a year, and the soccer industry gets three million. But listen, we 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 have we. As in the soccer industry or non-industry, have only ourselves to blame because, as we've all yeah. alluded to, we've been mismanaged for the last ten years. We, we yeah. you know, and the first thing you're going to, you, if you go into these people and you go into uh, civil servants and you and you ask for money, they'll say, "Well, where's your plan? 
What are you going to do with it? And if you don't have it, forget about it. You're not. Yeah. 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 That's the thing, gents. We look, we, we we originally meant to be talking mostly about Tommy and Dundalk, and we've gone way on a on a, on a different tangent. But it's a, it's an important conversation, I think, to have, and I think it's probably something that maybe we we should all come back to and and have a chat again if you if you are more than welcome to come back on, uh, and maybe we'll have that for the moment, gents. I'd just like to thank you for your time, and um, so thanks, Aaron, Donald, and Martin. We'll wrap the the, the the rest here, gents. Thanks so much for your time tonight. You're welcome. Thanks very much, lads. Cheers, Cheers, lads. Cheers, lads. Cheers, lads. Thanks. Thanks. Bye, bye. Bye, bye. Um, perfect. Welcome back to the conversation, lads. Cheers. <laughs> uh, it was. It was. It's. It's great to hear someone like Martin talking. It's like the, obviously Donald and Aaron, you know, the goalkeeping, but it, it's not that you were getting behind the scenes. He, he, Martin's talking from you know facts and figures that he that he's been dealing with and. You know, even just aside from Tommy Connie at the minute, some of the stats he was throwing out there is just frightening. Like, yeah. you know, no wonder the, the, the football is the way it is. But um, just the stories with Tommy Connie, just watching the comments coming in there, like, it's what an impact that man had. Like, what, like, you know, it's a, it's it's a pity. I know people talk about him all the time, and people pass away. Sean McCaffrey had it as well. And you don't realize the impact, or you don't hear enough people talking about him until they've passed away. And it's, it's, a, yeah. it's, Look, it's great to hear on it's it's sad that it's it's it's, it's happening we're only hearing bits and pieces now but what a what a legend like there's no probably better way of putting it like just, even just you just see this i just seen a comment streaming here on the side it's it's some great stories and yeah i, I yeah, probably kind of got in listening to him so apologize to anybody if i didn't put up the ones i was too busy <laughs> listening to the to the boys stories more than anything you know yeah i think you know it's uh the perfect tribute nearly for Tommy was the conversation we had there for the last 15 minutes with the lads where um, they talked about the state of Irish football and how it can be improved. You know, it would be something that I'm sure every one of them and, and all of us would have would have potentially had with Tommy down the line. So um, um, when I was on my phone, when Martin rudely interrupted me, I was actually looking at messages. I, I reached out to Tierna Mulvena um, yesterday to see if he wanted to come on. He, he was unavailable and T had actually sent the message in just to read out about Tommy and um, pretty much to, to say, you know, he extended his wishes to Tommy's family and um, his respects, sorry, not his wishes, his respects to Tommy's family. And, and he just wanted to say, you know, that Tiernan was given opportunities to play in Dundalk senior team, which he said on this podcast before, you know, that he, um, that was, that was the highlight of his, of his career. And, and Tommy, thanks to Tommy Tiernan, had opportunities to play on the underage national team and represent this country. And he said, if, if it wasn't for Tommy, Tiernan wouldn't be the man that he is today, you know? So I just wanted to kind of throw that out there. And I told T because he couldn't get on. I, I just publicly say that, you know? Um, but yeah, it just, I just loved that conversation for the last, the last 20 minutes there. I just thought it was the, it was the perfect tribute, you know, yeah, yeah. even though, even though Tommy wasn't mentioned, for 20 minutes there it was just a conversation that you know the likes of him or Sean McCaffrey you can just imagine them sitting around yeah, having, having imagine, yeah. probably the exact same conversation 10-15 years ago you know probably. there probably wasn't much difference in what they were saying and it was just it's great to get you know um, Donald someone that, that went through the youth system um, at Dundalk with, with Tommy Martin obviously who went through the youth system I, I still don't believe by the way I wish Martin was still on but I don't believe that, uh, that Martin was only um, playing underage in, in 1986. I, I think it was a few <laughs> years before that. I, th I think Martin was giving himself a few years, but uh, 
and then you know what Aaron, Aaron at international level you know and just just hearing hearing the mm. the effect or the impact that he had on their careers is just uh it was interesting to see and I, I suppose just speaking on behalf of of ourselves um Donal and and Steph I know Steph can't get on tonight but just uh, we'd all like to offer our condolences to um, to to the family of of Tommy and friends of Tommy as well. Yeah, absolutely. It, probably probably a bit of a different show for us tonight, but you know, it's there's it, there's no harm. I think when no. when someone like that, there's an opportunity to, to talk about someone like that, and, and then you know the likes of the guys, and um, Aaron, Donald, and and Martin, you know, wanting to come on to talk about him as well. You know, you, you can't pass that opportunity up. So it's probably better than us ranting as per usual. Anyway, so there's there's yeah, no there's no harm. Yeah, yeah it's it, look, it's 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 great to get people on. You know, like, like the list, the list that we could have got people on. Like, I mean, we could have been here. Mm -hmm. Like Martin said, we could do three podcasts talking with Tommy, and they went. You could. could have spoken. It's not that we could have been here for days. And look, we'd revisit it again. There's no, you know, you could probably do a whole podcast on people that's been coached by him or knew him. And, Mm. Yes, it's just some of the stories are just you know it's it's people like that that you kind of think like I think it might have been Donald that said or maybe maybe it was Martin if he was coaching now imagine the field day he would have like I mean if we're talking about the elite players with the strength and condition with the psychology like he'd be like a, like and a, and a, like he'd be like a god you know like his his coaching method I would just be completely something completely different as you know have a massive impact and I was only. It was only during the week I didn't realize he was Paul Doolan's assistant. Like that'll tell you the yeah. Like it never. It was only when the picture went up in the FAI, it never dawned on me. I, I don't like <clears throat> I, in the back of my mind. I remember, but like I completely forgotten it. But like to have to, but it's amazing. Every, all, obviously, all three of our timelines on social media has been the same this week because it's just been a plethora of, yeah, of images and Tommy linked with the FEI, linked with local players, yeah. linked with Dundalk. You know, stuff with with Turlock coming through, and, and it's just like wow, wow, wow. When you just look at, and that's what I was I, I was trying to get across the lads. You know, when you just look at the amount of careers that he has influenced in some way, whether they're just coaches, they're players, players who who you know even locally here we would we would. In, yeah. in high esteem who never made it into an even higher level but yet he's you know he's he's had an influence on them all so it's okay it's a rarity you get a, a, a somebody like that so it's it's just amazing i'm glad i'm actually really glad that we we, we took the time out to do this tonight yeah. and yeah yeah um, it's, it's funny just it, it's a conversation we keep coming back to and it's obviously something that you know we have a massive opportunity in the league and it, it's it's this academy structure and getting this right and, and and trying to get some sort of a correct business for football in this country it's you know it's it, it, it's an opportunity we'll never get again with brexit yeah and it just has to yeah. be done and it has to be done right yeah and, and, and that's to be honest sorry go ahead no it's gonna say unfortunately like martin said though it's gonna need massive investment yeah. that's the catch with it all well that that goes back i was taking notes during the chat with the lads and you know um <clears throat> when they're talking about investing and i think we spoke about it on the last pod chris um you know about uh about that investment in in coaching you know mm -hmm. and and Aaron was mentioning there that he wasn't sure if, if Tommy would would succeed or uh, as the modern the modern coach and Gally you'd know now from going through coaching licenses, the modern coach that the FEI or that the next incarnation of, of what a what a modern coach is going to look like in the next couple of years is going to fit the bill of what Tommy Connolly was because there's so much emphasis being on, being put on how to handle the player, how to deal with the player. Uh, and it just, you hear from them conversation. I mean, he had that in abundance. You know, he was, he yeah. was a, he was a man manager to a T and 
I, I honestly believe that if they were to put a mould up tomorrow at, at a UEFA B licence or, or a UEFA licence of, of what kind of coach you want to be, Tommy Conley's probably it. You know, the likes of Tommy Conley, Sean McCaffrey, etc. That, that were really good man managers. And it, it's just... Uh, I just found that interesting when they were talking like that and, and seeing where coaching is going, you know. But um but yeah, look that that's all probably stuff we can we can talk about for another day. Do we wanna do we wanna try to get this under under an hour and a half, Chris? Yeah. See yeah, every we... every time I come on we, we go over the hour mark. <laughs> I, and I, I knew getting Martin Conley on was a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> look it, it's all important conversations to have so i think you know if, if these ones go over i i i yeah. let it go you know i let these ones slide it's fine it's fine um i, I suppose with one eye on back to the league now for ourselves we gotta keep an eye on this like it's it's bank holiday monday am i right kick off again for us um, i think it's two o'clock two o'clock isn't it is it two o'clock yeah yeah another poor one so like a trip over to Sligo they're not in the greatest form it's probably it's look we're going to come out of that game saying it was the absolute right time to play them or it was the wrong time to play them because they their, their confidence they've been you know lost points in the league put out of the well, cup well, Sligo, yeah, that's right I knew I saw something Kieran Callan just put up there Sligo games called off okay I think Niall yeah. Newby had that up early just, I just I thought that was in my brain there earlier on oh but you're where when are we yeah 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 no because yeah, we top yeah. yeah. Well, that's look. That that's a good thing. I think some of the players. There's a lot of football that's after being played within within the last yeah. seven days. I think the so following think... games off as well for the home match and the game we have to play the following week as well. I think that's off as well. Yeah, that was meant to be. That was meant to be Friday the sixth yeah. anyway. So that would that would never have happened. I don't think that could get pushed back though to a Sunday. You would say, yeah. um, possibly. Um, I, 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 it's something that we kind of I, I threw in as an off comment into the group, but like realistically. Vinny's actually got a tune out of this squad in some way, lads, hasn't he? I has, yeah. Look, I I've been one that has been very vocal about. I, I didn't think Vinny was the right man for the job. Um, Gally's going to be smiling now in a second, but I mean, he has got look. He has got them playing well. Um, he will uh, well would be subjective. I, I don't I don't know if I don't know if every game and <clears throat> look at uh, with every manager you're not going to play brilliant every game, but he's got us winning, and it's look it's a it's a it's a results business, isn't it? And mm. it seems like the big games are starting to perform. Which, looking towards the the end of Vinny's tenure, um, the last time around, I think when we look at this the Selja game last year, you know, the, the team didn't perform for him. So yeah, mm. he, he he's definitely got the reaction he wants. But again, I I don't want to labour again on it too much tonight. I would just we we need to find out somewhere. What 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 the ownership is going to be doing going forward? I mean, there's no point in us continuing to progress in Europe, and then, as I say, next year we don't have a manager. We don't have a manager in place past the end of the season. Um, if 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 certain things are to be believed, we don't have a manager in place past the end of the week. It's just on a week to week basis, you know. Um, we don't have. We've got all but three players signed up. I think now that there's what almost a million euro in the bank, is it, Chris? Yeah, getting very close to it. Yeah. I mean, I'd be starting to tie down some of these lads now. Yeah. Um, and what's happened over the last couple of weeks, a lot of players have played themselves at the contracts, whereas they weren't. Yeah. You know, <clears> maybe <throat> eight, ten weeks ago, we were we saying, geez, none of these will get a contract. Yeah. I mean, like, for instance, Sam Stanton's been ridiculous. Like, I think maybe it was just his fitness. I don't know. I mean, Slogger was excellent tonight, but consistently, Sam Stanton's been the outstanding player over the last couple of weeks. 
Yeah, I mean, look, you take out you take out McElhaney and Boyle, who are already contracted to a club for next year. That starting nine, you'd have to say, get get them signed up. You know, yeah. get them get them all signed up for next year if we can. Um, well, my fear is if we don't, and we're we're, we're going back. Um, look, we don't know what way the club could be at that stage. Obviously, with, with regards ownership, but let's let's say it's the status quo and we're we're thrown out a budget late in the day of going look put a team together for this i mean you, you, we can't be keep going back to the blackboard and clearing it and going right let's go from scratch we've got three players to build around and let's build you know a, a 20 man squad around it that does it doesn't work in this league that's why it was yo-yo and for for yeah. years and, the, and you see yeah. consistency out of you know uh, uh, to be fair to the to the bulls team they've probably lost their top end like and we did at Dundalk for a lot of time as well. We lost our top player, but we kept the core structure of our team. Shamrock Rovers are reaping the benefits of that now. Yeah, Without yeah. Well, it, it, they've got a bit of consistency in their team, and that's the difference. From 2009 to 2013, every season we had about six, seven players coming in brand new at the start of the season, which we had this year, and and, and this year it led to a slow start. In between that, probably from what 2000. 13, 14, probably you'd say, um, right through to 2020. Yeah, um, it was what one or two players, one or two players, as you say, Chris, that were leaving and, and bringing in. So you have your core group there, and it would just, it would be a crying shame that we start all over again next yeah. year. And I think that, look, that's, that's the fear that we all have, you know, uh, and, and I think it's a legitimate fear because we don't know what's going on. You know, mm-hmm. we, we have no idea what's going on behind the scenes. And I just, I actually reached out to, to someone um, who's working working closely with the club, and I said, you know, we need we need clarity, uh, and I, I think an official an official request for clarity from whether it be the new supporters club, whether it be from someone, but I think clarity needs to be needs to be seen from the ownership uh, as to what their what their plans are past the end of the season. You know, I I really think that's that's important because if 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 they're planning on leaving, if it's going to be a, a fresh start next season, nights like tonight are gone, you know, or potentially are gone, um, depending on who comes in to take over from them. But I just think, I think every supporter, whether it's a good good or bad news, um, with what they're going to do past the end of the season, every, every supporter is going to breathe a little bit of a sigh of relief just by knowing. I yeah. think the problem right now is that we, we don't know. That's it, but it's 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 just a disastrous scenario to be not knowing for for not only for us supporters but also for those players. I mean, at this stage now, you're you know you're you're going to be wondering, come the end of the season, can I pay my rent? Can I pay my mortgage or whatever way that needs to be? And and that's how you have to think about it as well in, in a human element. It's not fair on them. I think for the welfare of of the players we currently have, a bit of clarity and that would go a long way. Now maybe they do know. We, you know, maybe we're just not privy to. It. I don't know, but I'd love one way or the other just to, to to have a bit of knowledge. If 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 we're staying on this, let's let's just um, let's back the the players there. And, and like I say, probably nine of the starting eleven there. You, you you nailed them there with contracts at least for one more year. Maybe there was a Zoom meeting before the game today to let them know what the plan is for next season. Yeah. Um, I hope Gary Rogers got another invite. <laughs> Um, but yeah, look, it, it'll be interesting to see in the next few weeks. But now that now that there's money behind the uh, behind us um, for the remainder of the season, I mean, you have to start nailing down contracts. Mm. In my yeah, opinion, I think a lot of it might hinge on the next two matches. You know, 
that a lot of peak sexes views on next season might hinge on the next fortnight. So look at it. You're talking a, a, a massive jump of money again to get through the playoff. You're just shy off a million on one round. Um, and I just see someone put in there that the actual draw for the playoff is on Monday. Now, we dare to dream, you know, by looking past the round, but it's, you know, you, you, you can't help but wonder sometimes. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's a way first, isn't it, for the next round? A way first, yeah. Yeah. So again, if if I'm Dundalk, I'm contacting the FEI first thing in the morning to see can we get the Aviva for this and get as many Dundalk fans um, in the ground for that game as you can. Yeah, like Bo's three nil win tonight, and you know, crowded behind him yeah. again. Yeah, it goes nice. to show, and it's the backdrop of you know wh- where we go as a club as well. And um, I think playing Ki in the playoff in the Aviva probably attracted a lot of these players that we have now. They would have looked yeah. at that game and say, "Hang on a second, like this is, this is, this is, this is a fantastic backdrop to play football yeah. in. I'd love to play here now. God help them when they turn up in Oriel." But <laughs> well, we thought the Aviva was the home pitch. Yeah, yeah, but you know, Frank Harlan has just actually dropped in. I was going to just say it there now, and that was, you know, there is a an opportunity coming gone there in a in a transfer window, and let's face it, if it wasn't for Will Patching coming by coming back, let's. I would have been very worried yeah. because we didn't look like we had a middle of the park. You could play it all and just lost its best player. And, you know, the most creative player is leaving. And you, you, you could have questioned in some way if we weren't playing well, where his head's at. Now, thankfully, he's a, you know, Fats is an absolute professional when it comes to it. And he's, you know, I've seen people saying, yeah, he's playing his best football when he's leaving. But I think it's just a run of games without injury. Well, you know what I think it is too? I think it's, some of our supporters were saying put him down the train with the 19s for the, se- the rest of the season, yeah. which is just bullshit. You know yeah. what I mean? If, if there's one thing, a player like Fats, I'm sure, would, would probably look at that and be offended by that, that he wouldn't give us all. And I think he's came out, hasn't he, in the last couple of days as well and said that he's he's going back to Derry for personal reasons. It's nothing to do with yeah. football. Yeah. You know, uh, and he'd be the sort of fella you'd believe with that. I don't think... Pat hasn't hasn't been the same Pat McElhaney from when he left to go to Oldham. Um, mm. But I think a lot of that has been he hasn't ha- he hasn't got fit, mm. and, and now we're starting to see not the same Patrick McElhaney, but the kind of Patrick McElhaney that will impact the game. Where you know, if we're missing a Duffy, if we're missing a former defensive midfielder who I'm still not naming anymore, but uh, if we're missing the, if we're missing these players. Now he's having that impact on the game that he used to have, or he's having a similar impact that he's he's your go-to man, and and, and those players that aren't there aren't as big a, of a miss as as they were previously. Yeah. Now that we've gone over the one hour thirty, <laughs> sorry, Lance. Um, so look, let's let's talk about then the Vitas game, Vitas arm. How how do we see that? We got to come out with something in this. Am I right? Something that's playable. You'd like to, you'd like to think so. Like, I mean, I'm only going by the league stature that they have. I don't watch Dutch football. I'm not going to pretend that I do. But I mean, they are cut above. You know, on paper, they are cut above. I know the old cliches. They win nothing on paper. But you know, when you look at the goal, we can see that tonight. Like, if these boys are a level above what we're playing, you know, that kind of stuff has to be cut out. Um, look. You know Stephen Kenny. I think we keep going back. Stephen Kenny's team go over there. We probably fancy them, but it's it's so they're so in and out. This this team. Mm. Look, you have to have confidence in them. You have to say, look, it's it's, it's just have something though to play for. In, yeah, in absolutely. Yeah, look, if, if they could bring something back, hopefully the Aviva. Mm. Like that's all you want. You just have beaten one nil. 
You know, imagine, well, it's, imagine even coming into Aviva like that with that crowd behind you. Like, it'd be just be unbelievable like, for them. To set the, to set the scene, Pingu, it was 1-0 when Bate at that time when Gary Rogers had the, you know, probably game of his career nearly. Yeah. He single-handedly stopped them over there and came back with a 1-0. They, they probably underestimated us here and, you know, that night in Tala is, is history now. Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully, you know, hopefully they'll be looking at videos of of a BB from the start of the season and and, and judging them off of that, you know, and and because I feel like a lot of teams we played are take are taking that, you know, stock where mm. the high the high ball is coming into the box that he yeah. he struggled under a little bit and he's doing a lot better than he than he did at the beginning of the season. So it's it's one of them, you know. Everybody's going to have to do their job, uh, and I'm delighted to see Slogger back in the team. Um, I think just his energy, but the fact that he kind of sits, he gives he gives Stanton a little bit of freedom in the middle that he can go pick up those passes that we've that we've seen the last few weeks. But you're you're probably you're probably looking at Finney playing. I would say a four five one. You know he's going to make it tight in the middle. He's going to try and just win the ball. You're going to have um, Davy Davy Max going to break the record. Um, but you 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 have to have him up front. You know I know. Especially I, when you're I, away, though, I think he's yeah. the ideal person to, 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 to play away because yeah. he he's just a menace. He, 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 I think, I think Huben would want to get involved in front of players and 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 link into the middle of the park towards Davy Mack. It's more on your shoulder, and the defenders are always like, "Where's that guy gone? He was over here a sec." You know, it's it, it's not being able to set on the laurels on that, and I think that's especially playing away from home in Europe. That's that sort of player's ideal. Yeah, and I think you know when you look at Davy, when you, when you compare Davy and Pat, Pat is very involved in the dogs play when he's playing. You know, mm-hmm. he he's involved as you say. You know, he drops maybe to get the ball and, and stuff like that. I I think Davy just plays so well on the on the last defender. You know, and sometimes people say, you know, he doesn't look like he's doing much out there, but you never see him coming off without struggling to breathe. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. he's he, he always bursts his arse when he's playing and. For me, in Euro, in Europe in particular, he had, I just think every European game he has to start. He, he's more suited to that European style of football. And in a game like this, if we do end up playing a little bit defensively, which which look, I don't really like it. But if we go four five one, you're gonna need that outlet. You know, you're you're gonna need the ball's probably gonna be trying to play out into the channels over the top, the back of their or uh, sorry, the back of their defenders. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're going to need him running on to it. You're probably going to need the likes of a Dickie Kelly running on to those balls. You know, it, it, it's not going to be... I don't anticipate it being not a pretty, be pretty football at times. No, no. It's going to be Vinny Ball. Um, but uh, there you go, Gally. I had, I had to get one uh, passive aggressive to you. But no, look, it, look if it works... If it works, if it works, if it works, it's a results business. And yeah. we'll take... I think as Dundalk fans, we'll take that if, if if it gets us a win or it gets us a good result coming back to to the Aviva, um, then that's brilliant, you know. And yeah. hopefully, if, then if you had to give a result now, what would you take? I'd take a, a score draw, one mm-hmm. one 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 one. I'd say I'd say it'd be more two two, but uh, one one one. I'd hope for and then try try get them turn them over on the Aviva. Gally, you're going for one nil, are you? One nil, yeah. <laughs> Anything once or not two one goals, else, clear. I, I, think I go for one nil myself, but I think yeah. that's still a gap of one goal bad. max, and I think we'd be fine. I think taking that back, if it's two one, three two, it won't go that high, you don't think. But one nil, two one, I take that all day. Yeah, I take it back. The fact, the fact that you weigh goals is gone, you're not worried about it on your home leg so, now. Yeah, you know, 
that's it. I, th- I, I think if we can stay within touching distance, I think I, I really do. Think, if we can get to the Aviva, I think it'll be game on there, big thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the one thing with Finney, you know, he's when he when he took over from Stephen Kenny in two thousand and nineteen, there was this mentality of you know this was this was Kenny's wins the title the title and the cup right before that, and Vinny Vinny kind of galvanized the squad to work hard, and I, I feel like that that's what we're seeing again. You know, we're seeing mm, that yeah. kind of everybody saying you're useless. You know, everybody saying the team is shit. Everybody saying the team's going to pot, and then, and then we're we're seeing these results. They're grinding out these results and. I, I don't think there's a lot of motivation necessarily needed as long as he keeps on that tact, you know, of even with even with the new players, these are European standard football, these are international standard footballers. Yeah. People are people are on your back saying you're not good enough. Yeah. You know, I feel like that's probably what he's doing. He's motivating them by that way and go go out there and prove your point. And as we've seen over the last eight years with Dundalk, you know, going back to it was a Hadrick split was the first big, big win of the Stephen Kenny era that we weren't nearly expected to get. Um anything's possible and that uh, over there as well like yeah yeah you know uh, so. i i would fancy us um to get something i i think if we, we either get battered or or i think we could get we could get a draw out of it yeah i just seen people coming in saying you know vitez are probably similar with az when we played them you know their squad values is in and around the 40 million mark with players you know valued over right we're going to get battered i remember i remember this talk of alexander kleb that time lads you remember yeah i could see it i could see it all over again but you know isn't it funny like you would have thought right we've got we got a big team in this and it it reminds me of the leggy warsaw game as well you know no one read us we didn't we didn't write ourselves off on that yeah. And and I think the more European experience we get, it, 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 that's definitely the case on this. You don't go, uh, well, we, we can't cope against a squad that's valued at 40 million. You know, we're not good yeah, enough for that. If you want to qualify, you have to, be, you have to beat better teams. It's very simple. Yeah. yeah. So you, got, you just got to go for it. You know, just yeah. fear nobody. You can't. You can't. These boys are well-schooled. Lads have played in the continent. Tchaikovskis, Sonny. Stay tight. It's stay within one goal. And I think come back to Aviva be a different different volume. Alex and I played. I knew I knew as soon as I mentioned it, it was coming. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, look, yeah. it's it, look, and, and, and I understand, you know, but we, we were a different team then as well. And and it's all it's all thing, but you know, it's you just you just gotta bank yourself, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. You gotta exactly. go, you know, you might not get this opportunity again. You've come through, you know, two two rounds to get here. Yeah. Don't don't undersell yourself now when you get this far. Yeah, I've so, I've been negative most of the season, but I I'm trying to be positive and uh, I'm hopeful that we're going to get a positive result. Right. If Pingu is positive, that's the time we we end the show without it. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, I I think for the for the for the night that's in it, we we'll, we'll we'll leave it with everybody just to say thank you for everyone for their memories and and bits and pieces they brought in for Tommy. Thanks so much for a guest as well for for the things that, that they've said it we'll probably go back to our normal format and um, thursday night after yeah. the and um, the vitez game so look um pingu i'll let you i'll let you end it in some way tonight whatever way yeah, you seem fit. it'll be a little bit longer than what staff and the lads usually say but no i just want to again just echo that and, and thoughts are with tommy's family and i just want to say as well thoughts are with the Ta family um this week's also the one year anniversary of harry's passing and mm-hmm. Um, just a, a night like tonight is just a perfect tribute to the likes of a, of a Tommy and, and Harry. So, um, so yeah, we we leave it on that one. Uh, until next week, come on the turn. <laughs>